Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. And here we are. Christmas and Hanukkah just ended, and I hope your holidays were joyous and uplifting. And now we have a new year beginning, and so much is just moving ahead, indifferent to calendars and clocks and no schedule and uncertain directions. Among those familiar issues, events, and persistent subjects of important consequence is COVID-19 with us still. Three years, give or take a lie or two about its origins and when it actually was unleashed in China. It's not only still with us and the world, unfortunately, but it is with us particularly in China, where COVID is infecting now as many as a million people a day. At least as some publications report or propagandize, take your pick, maybe about to double. That is, two million Chinese may be infected each day soon. We should all keep in mind that there are only a few journalists over there reporting on this massive medical mystery and the political intrigue that surrounds it all. China is, I think we can't repeat this often enough, a communist totalitarian state. It's a dictatorship. It's totalitarian. And that means the Chinese permit reporters to only see what their government wants the West to know or to believe. So we seldom know the reality, the truth of Chinese existence, their politics and economy. So we end up with best guesses, planted lies, and perspectives shaped and pushed by the CCP. And alas, the commies aren't much more authoritarian and controlling than the Biden White House or the Pentagon or the State Department and or the FBI, the Justice Department. Think about this as we head into this new year. The FBI Director Chris Wray and his deputies and Attorney General Merrick Garland and his deputies absolutely categorically refusing to answer questions of the Oversight Committees and members of Congress who have such oversight responsibilities, or they simply outright lie to Congress. The FBI and the Department of Justice, we know for a fact, tried to frame Donald Trump to deny him the presidency first and then to overthrow his presidency. And together they lied to create, at last count, two presidential impeachments, two special counsels, more than four years of FBI investigations, and they lied to change history, to deny President Trump re-election and to elect Joe Biden president. And then there's what none of us really wants to acknowledge or to admit. They've gotten away with it, haven't they? All of it. Presidents Obama and Biden, their time in power now extends to three presidential terms, and they're already preparing us, all of us, for a fourth term. They and their accomplices, Holder, Rice, Klain, Clinton, the deep state they've been tightly aligned with for years, 
a deep state that didn't succeed in overthrowing Trump's presidency, but did succeed in stopping his reelection. And now we know that they also succeeded in keeping secret the deep state spying on the House Intelligence Committee's top two Republican investigators. Back in 2017, as the committee was revealing the truth about the Russia collusion hoax, for five years now, they kept secret their spy operation against the committee and covered up the truth of the Clinton FBI DOJ intel agencies who perpetrated the Russian hoax lies against President Trump covered it all up. All of this in the reporting of JustTheNews.com and our guest today. Our guest is John Solomon. He's the founder and editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com. And John, welcome and Happy New Year. Congratulations again on outstanding reporting of the corruption of the Department of Justice the FBI, we knew the Russian collusion hoax was the worst political scandal in our history. Now, thanks to your reporting, we know further it's worse than we ever imagined. Yeah, I have to tell you, I, I've seen a lot of things and I, I knew a lot of things were wrong with the Russia collusion investigation. I think Jim Jordan said this to me last time. He's right. We were right. A lot of things are wrong, but we were wrong about how bad it was. It was way worse than we thought. Just think of this. At the moment that Devin Nunes' staff is getting to the good stuff, they're just discovering Hillary Clinton paid for the dossier and the FBI bought it hook, line, and sinker. They just had discovered that the FBI had all this exculpatory evidence they kept from the FISA court. They had just discovered that the FBI lied to the uh, uh, FISA court and doctored a document. So at the most critical moment of November, December 2017, right before uh, Devin Nunes is going to deliver the goods to the American people and say that whole Russia collusion story was a ruse, the Justice Department got the idea, why don't we go take a look at the emails and phone records of the top two investigators on the committee, one of them being Cash Patel. They get a grand jury subpoena and they get it and they work, collude with Galuda, uh, Google and they grab these records. And for five years, Devin Nunes, Cash Patel, the Congress had no idea that the government was spying and, and snooping on the work of these very important investigators. And uh, Devin Nunes said to me today, or said to me a couple of days ago, there's not any doubt in my mind what they were doing. They weren't trying to solve a leak. They were trying to see if they could find some form of dirt to leverage against me because they were afraid about what I was exposed. And that's an amazing statement by a former chairman of one of the most important committees in Congress. And then Jim Jordan comes on last night and he says, hey, we're going to investigate this, add this to the list of political acts of the Justice Department that we are going to run to ground. We're going to hold people accountable. And then he stops for a second after thinking about this and he says, you know what? I've been talking to a lot of whistleblowers lately in the FBI. I wonder if they're spying on me right now. That is the doubt. That is the intrusion that the Justice Department has created, that the government at any moment for any reason, despite the separation of powers, despite the guarantee of civil liberties, they can come and do what they want, when they want, and you might not even know it for five years. And think about this, because you and I have been reporting on some of this uh, for a considerable time now. But we go back to 2018. Yes. We knew Nunez had the goods on, on lots, lots of stuff uh, in all of that. Uh, that he couldn't break loose, uh, that the president of the United States couldn't share. Uh, and he knew it. But we are left with right now a historic, uh, historical record that says corruption and, 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 you know, that just came in waves and to an extent that we never dreamed possible. 
And yet we still don't have the goods. We still don't have the documents. We still don't have the, the, uh, the case to pursue against the deep state, do we? Uh, no. And, and that's what makes what Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans who just enabled the passage of this $1.7 trillion bill have taken away from the House Republicans. Just think about the dynamic that's going on here. In a divided government, if Democrats have half and Republicans only have the House, the only leverage that the House Republicans would have had to get answers, to create accountability, to create consequences, they could use the power of the purse. Hey, FBI, if you don't stop censoring people on Twitter, we're going to cut your budget. Hey, FBI, if you don't start spying on Congress, we make uh, defund your uh, counterintelligence division. Hey, uh, Anthony Fauci and NIH or whoever's left there, if you don't stop telling us lies about the COVID thing, we're going to stop funding your studies. The Mitch McConnell just took an entire year of leverage away from the House Republicans. The entire fiscal 2023 budget, which I think most Americans voted for House Republicans to have a say on, will have the imperature and priorities of the Democratic Congress and the Republicans will have all of the leverage lost for the first year of oversight, which means they can have show hearings. They can use the power of shame to bring things out, but they won't be able to punish anyone at least until October 1st of next year when the new fiscal year came. So Mitch McConnell undercut one of the great promises that voters had from the House Republicans that they could actually create consequence by having the power of the purse. Mitch McConnell erased that for a second. And what did he give the American people in return for? Let me just give you a list of things that Congressman Chip Roy has put out of all the special interest spending that Democrats got into this bill. 105 grand for a mentoring program for LGBTQ youth in Pittsburgh. $1 million for Zora's House, a LGBTQ and gender expansive uh, working environment in Ohio. $500,000 for the Long Island Gay and Lesbian Youth Inc. I'll go on and on. $1.2 million for a center to support LGBT students in California. Every liberal cause in every liberal city represented by every liberal Democrat got money spent on their behalf with the sanctioning of Republicans in the Senate to fund things that most Americans would not want to fund in this moment of great debt and inflation in America, and $1.7 trillion goes out the door. Some of it is going to help 13 foreign countries build better border walls, but none of it will go to build a better, better border wall or to slow the illegal migrant crisis in this country. How insane is that? That will help other countries build a border wall, but prohibit that from happening on our own soil. Mitch McConnell made that possible. So, John, let, let's start with what could McConnell have done to block the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill uh, and uh, given power back to the GOP uh, for the budget year 2023, at least uh, up to September 30th uh, of 2023. Uh, Kevin McCarthy had a really simple idea. Hey, guys, let's just do a short-term CR, kick the uh, government's funding over at current rates till early mid-January, and then the new Congresses will get together and we'll make a deal. That's all that had to be done. We've done it many times. We've done it many Christmases. How many times have we were sitting on our nails a few days before Christmas waiting for an emergency CR to be passed so that the government would be shut down? Mitch McConnell's done it his whole life that way many times. He wouldn't do it because it would have given the House Republicans a say in next year's budget. He took that all away. Now, I want to step back for a second because I did some research. It's, it will be in January in a few short days. 
it will be the 20th year that Mitch McConnell has been in Senate leadership. In 2003, he was elected, elected Senator Whip, and then from Senate Whip, he rose to majority leader, minority leader. He's been going back and forth. 20 right. years, he's been in control of the Senate in a significant way. The year that he took over as uh, a Senate leader in 2003, the national debt accumulated over 230 or 25 years at that moment, uh, stood at $6.3 trillion dollars. 20 years later, that debt is now on track to exceed $32 trillion in the next fiscal year. 80% of all the debt that has been accumulated in 246 years of history in America has occurred since Mitch McConnell joined the Senate leadership in 2003. That is something you have to consider for a guy who goes around saying he's a fiscal conservative. Yeah, if he's a conservative, you know, pigs fly. <laughs> uh, and furthermore... Uh, the, the Republican Party has never come to terms with Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he is conflicted. Uh, he is compromised. He there is no other way to explain his votes, uh, his agenda, uh, and his strategies. Uh, do you disagree? Yeah. Listen, there's a couple things that legacy will show. He did. He was very good at continuing to get conservative judges on the bench when he could, and certainly the Supreme Court that has saved us from some pretty significant overreaches in government uh, reflects his work to get those justices on there during the Trump years. But you don't get to be a great baseball player by batting 100, right? The great basketball baseball players bat 300, 400, 500. This man has not been able to deliver on so much, and he's always been willing to compromise. I remember uh, back in 2011 when there was a moment with the new Tea Party-infused Republican majorities in Congress where Mitch McConnell could have shut down the government for a little bit and not kick the, de uh, the debt ceiling aboard and force Obama to come to the table. He chose to sign off on a debt ceiling expansion and that uh, acceleration of deficit spending has never stopped since that moment. It just keeps accelerating. And uh, it is fitting that on the 20th anniversary of uh, his role in leadership, another 1.7 trillion gets thrown on the fire and the American taxpayers are the kindling for it. And so it is, um, these are, it's true. And so, yeah, he, he can get some credit for judges. I think he deserves some of that based on the historical record he's achieved there. But he's been hired to do so much more than that. You can't be a one-note Johnny when you're a Senate leader. I think most conservatives look at him and say he hasn't delivered what he says he stands for. Yeah, I, I think what he stands for uh, is uh, alignment with every force that is uh, that opposes not only MAGA Republicans, first America Republicans, uh, but the uh, the essential uh, tenets of conservative republicanism, he is uh, he is uh, to me a disgrace for the way he has conducted himself, the way he has behaved, and I, I know this is uh, an unpopular view, but he has also just destroyed uh, this majority in the House. One half of their time uh, in this next two year term. Uh, it now is owned by Mitch McConnell and the Marxist Dems. And that means that they can't deliver on what they had promised to the voters in the midterms of 2020. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And that's not even a controversial view. There are Senate Republicans who told me, yep, we know we're doing that. And there are all the House Republicans have lined up one after the other, after the other, say that's what they've done to us. They took the power of the purse and our ability to achieve accountability away for the first of our two years 
what a travesty that is for the, all those House Republicans that thought they could deliver on a promise to the American people. And Mitch McConnell pulled that out from under them. Now, there's an interesting dynamic I want to talk about, Lou, just real, if you have one second. Um, it's an idea that you and I started talking about uh, back in August, and it has been gaining momentum. And in the last 24, 48 hours, it has gotten to a crescendo. Uh, the idea that we need to do something big about the FBI and Justice Department to do a church-style yeah. committee that not only exposes it, but literally creates a reformatting, a reshaping, uh, a, a restatement of the FBI's mission so that they're not in the business of censorship and spying. They're in the business of solving crimes and protecting the country. Uh, in the last 24 hours, last 48 hours, excuse me, two of the most important voices who could make a church committee happen in this country uh, have both suddenly rallied around it. Jim Jordan. House Committee, uh, House Judiciary Committee Chairman, he says it's we got to go big. We got to literally rewrite the rules for the FBI. We need a church committee. And Kevin McCarthy, if he were to become the speaker, has signed off on that concept. A lot of conservatives are really rallying around this idea. And I know we always say, oh, commissions don't have effect. The sort of commission they're talking about, like what we had after 9-11 or what we had in the 1970s, are one of the few times that Congress actually got something changed in the bureaucracy the idea that that is growing even in the midst of the failures that Mitch McConnell just voiced upon his party, I think is going to get a lot of attention. It may be one of the few bright spots we have at the beginning of 2023 to look forward to. Well, that is encouraging. Uh, but the fact that the Republican Party has been stymied yeah. at every turn uh, since uh, 2016, really. Yes, that's true. Uh, and to to the point that they have had no effect makes me wonder if they are capable yeah. of having an effect on government. It makes me wonder, and I think lots millions and millions of Americans right now are wondering, what is wrong with the American system of government that it cannot deal with the venality, the mendaciousness, the duplicity, uh, and the outright evil of a party in a two-party system yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, was not exactly envisioned by the, the, constitutionally, the Constitution, certainly originally. We have a government that isn't coming to terms with its greatest threat, which is the deep state and the Marxist Dems trying to tear us under every value, every uh, foundational institution in this country, the legal system, uh, and the people are powerless. We, the people uh, who require consent of the governed, are suddenly irrelevant to our government, its direction, uh, and outcomes. Yeah. And just think about who are some of the biggest winners. If you listen to the last two years of Senate and House Republicans, some of their greatest grievances are against the FBI and the ATF. The ATF are taking various steps to infringe the Second Amendment. The FBI taking various steps to seemingly to violate several amendments, the First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, among them. The whole spying on Devin Nunes uh, uh, scandal fits into that, the Russia collusion. Who are the two biggest agencies to win big in this bill? The ATF and the FBI. Why? They're getting the funding for brand new smacking larger headquarters so they can fill it up with more bureaucrats. And who is another one that could have gotten punished in this bill and didn't? The IRS. The Republicans said they were all upset about the 87,000 new agents. They didn't strip them when they signed into this bill. So the deep state bureaucracy, which is conservatives who've been complaining for two years, uh, call all of these entities, they just made them bigger, more wealthy, more luxurious headquarters and more power. 
after all the whining and complaining they did. So when Republicans look in the mirror, they have no one but themselves to blame for the crisis that they're now creating for themselves. And the American people are being played for complete fools, whether it be the corporate owned, uh, they, and I'm talk, talking about corporate America, I'm talking about right. corporate globalists who own uh, the national media in this country, uh, the, the Republican rhinos, the Marxist Dems of the Democratic Party, all of those forces are arrayed against the American citizen, uh, the American family, American traditions, the American way of life. And there is no other outcome than significant, significant rupture between uh, the people and this government that is right now weaponized uh, to destroy any citizen at a whim because the judiciary is as much uh, is as much a, a, a corrupt enterprise as is any other part of the federal government. Uh, there are no checks and balances because the branches of government are all corrupted uh, and uh, only one <laughs> element, the legislative branch, only one of the houses and it's the weaker house, if you will, the House of Representatives uh, is impotent for another year because of the the corruption of one Senate minority leader. Imagine that. There is a lot to grasp in, in the state of the conservative movement at this moment. Uh, there's no doubt what the philosophy that the base of the party wants. It's an America first philosophy now. It is not the country club Republican or neocon agenda of 20 years ago. There is a combination of Reaganism and Trumpism that have come together for America first. The base of the party and, and its growing um, base among everyday Americans uh, has embraced that. There's a fight between the personalities of a Donald Trump and other type characters in the party. But the biggest gap is between what the um, base says and what its leaders say they stand for and the actions of those leaders who every day seem to act against the very stated values that they claim to have for this. Now, maybe there's going to be a new sheriff in town. Jim Jordan seems like a guy that's going to do exactly what he says. He says what he means, and he means what he says. But Republicans need so many more Jim Jordans and so fewer legacy politicians who give great speeches that sound like Ronald Reagan but vote like Chuck Schumer. And I think that the great moment in the party is to begin to hold accountable those who said they were going to do things and did something different. And Chip Roy has an interesting idea. He's the congressman from Texas who more than any other Republican in the last two weeks has tried to rally his own party to wake up and say, you can't vote for this bill. Now, he fell a few votes short. He acknowledges that. But he has an idea next year. Dear Republican senators, those of you who vote for this plan, just know this. If you put any pet project, if your name is attached to anything in a spending bill that comes over to the House next year, I promise you we are going to delete it. You will get nothing for your constituents next year out of the House. You want to fight it out, shut the government down, go ahead. You're not getting it from us. If someone like Chip Roy can create that mentality and they can get a Kevin McCarthy and a, the appropriations chair to enforce that, those senators are going to, for the first time, feel some pain. They're going to have to go back to their district and say, I couldn't get you funding for whatever the project was because last year I voted for a lot of waste, fraud, and abuse. Those are the sort of moments that, if leaders in the Republican Party step forward and start doing things instead of about talking about doing things, 
there could be a fundamental shift in the party. The party has been talking a great game for 25 years, but during those 25 years, government has grown more expansively than at any time in American history, and Republicans have been in charge of one or more of the branches of government for the majority of that time. George W. And, Bush, uh, uh, Mitch say, McConnell, and the president, the big government expanders. Yeah, you know, and as you as you say that, I think well. Where were all these votes on uh, earmarks? Yes. How did those earmarks get restored? Because all of these tough-talking, uh, rabble-rousing Republicans, rough-and-ready guys, right. you know, with a principle, a uh, vision, and guess what? It turns out to be so much smoke and blather. Yeah. There was a, 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 a gentleman who stopped me on the street the other day. As I was walking down the street. He recognized me, and we started talking, and he said, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> so many of the Republicans today Remind me of Teddy Roosevelt uh, and the Rough Riders without any guns or horses or chaps. And you get the idea of what an average every American says. They sound like they're, they're going to be Teddy Roosevelt, but they don't bring any of the weapons to the game. And I think the Democrats have figured this out, that the Republicans are weak, that they play tiddly winks in an era of battleship. And I think a lot of people are beginning to roll up that, hey, if this is your last chance, you don't start to show change this time. We're going to start looking at third-party alternatives. And I think that Ross Perot third-party movement could very well be invigorated if this Republican term, these next two years, fails to start to deliver the substantive change that they've been promised. And it is starting on a very bad note. Mitch McConnell has set back the entire conservative movement with the decisions he just made. Well, I'm, I'm going to say something that may thrill a lot of Republicans. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, if this party uh, has Ronald McDaniel as the chair of the RNC, Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House, or any other rhino substitute, I'm not going to be part of the Republican Party uh, because this is living a lie. Uh, because these people are fools and knaves, and, it, and we've got enough of those in one party, that is the Democratic Party. Yeah. Uh, when you listen to a Paul Ryan uh, when you listen, by the way, Steve Scalise is no more a conservative than is Kevin McCarthy. Uh, and you hear the prattles already started about, well, we're betting him because he could step in if McCarthy doesn't get it. Now, suddenly they're acknowledging that the Freedom Caucus is making inroads in stopping Kevin McCarthy, who was assured of a coronation and that there could be an honest battle, forthright philosophical, ideological, political battle for the speakership on the merits and now they're talking about betting Steve Scalise. This tell you tells you that the establishment is scared to death now. They're truly scared to death. And Andy Biggs has started, uh, I think, a brush fire. Yeah, I, and in a, in a, in a tender, dry moment in, in the party's history. So it could really catch fire quickly. Uh, listen, there are things that Kevin McCarthy can do and, and may do to bring the party together. But he has to not just make lip service. He has to make major concessions and say status quo is not acceptable. Right now, he's trying to hold on to as much of the status quo as he can get. That's not what the American people voted for. And if Kevin McCarthy wants to be speaker and he wants to stop uh, the potential of an embarrassment or a fight, it's a very simple thing. Go back to the values that were in your commitment with America. Change the rules in Congress to ensure that everybody can get the impact that they promised the American people. And he can be speaker, and he'd have to live by the rules he did. He's trying to hold on, like so many, uh, like Mitch McConnell just achieved in doing, uh, the legacy status quo, because it's just so much easier to govern if you just do CRs and uh, earmarks and make everybody happy and, and the budget be damned. And I think Kevin McCarthy still has a window 
to go and look those uh, guys in the face that are holding the line, putting action to their values and said, all right, if you make these five, six concessions, you truly change the way we do it, we'll give you a shot. He can still do that. He'll have to live by the rules he creates. And thus far, he hasn't shown a willingness yet to do that. And Mitch McConnell has now made that brush fire a lot worse. It's now becoming a forest fire because of this $1.7 trillion. The economy is going to feel this. That's another $1.7 trillion we're printing at the printing presses that is almost certainly going to create more inflationary pressure. So not only all the wasteful spending, a bad economy could get another bad poke in the ribs because of this reckless spending. You know, that that $1.7 trillion of just pure spending uh, is 20% of the total assets on the Federal Reserve Board's uh, balance sheet. Yep. That they're trying to run off and doing so with great care and caution. And these morons, these idiots uh, in both parties who have just done this, uh, have just added greater, uh, greater drive to the inflationary pressures in this country. They're irresponsible, they're ignorant, and there's just no other way to look at it. Uh, I, I... the Democrats, I guess, has a very reason to be proud of their party. The Republicans have none. I hear you talking about Kevin McCarthy. And so I've got to say, mm-hmm. my friend, I I truly wonder what Kevin McCarthy's ever done to deserve being speaker. Mm-hmm. He was chosen by Paul Ryan, handpicked. He was tutored and mentored by Paul Ryan uh, in the politics of nothingness. And he and he it's almost a replay. The Republicans are willing to take a man who ha- represents none of their principles, ideals, or philosophy and put him in charge. For what reason? Uh, they're afraid of a few weeks' delay as they come to terms with putting forward a person who represents the ideals of their party uh, and has original ideas because none of those people at the peak uh, of the rhino pyramid are gifted thinkers, original thinkers, or thinkers who spend their time and energy thinking about America's future. Uh, voters want change. That's yeah, they do. What it, that slim majority in the House was about change. It was. And, and they're Status quo is not an option. Yeah, it's not, And yet we may be headed towards status quo. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've done a lot of reporting, and I don't know Kevin McCarthy very well, So, and I don't try to have any opinions. I just try to report out. There are two views of him. There are a lot of those who associate him, and rightly so, with with the failed Paul Ryan era, the big spending, a failed to a failed to stop the bureaucracy era of Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan didn't do anything that he said he had prepared his whole career to do as speaker. He missed that opportunity, and he allowed the Russia collusion investigation to engulf two and a half years of a presidency when it was obvious on its face that uh, it wasn't true. So Paul Ryan's legacy as a speaker is one of the darkest periods of congressional history. Uh, but there are those people who remember uh, the Kevin McCarthy that was being mentored by Newt Gingrich early in his career. And it's funny, there's some very strong conservatives who I would think, based on what I know about Kevin McCarthy, I always say, oh, they're never going to be in McCarthy's camp. Devin Nunes being a good example. They think that there's a side of Kevin McCarthy that he hasn't yet shown. Well, the answer is, if he hasn't shown it, it'd be a good time right now to show it because he's only got a window of a few more weeks or he may be out of a job. So uh, there are there are these uh, Newt Gingrich is another person that is very strongly supportive of Kevin McCarthy and thinks that he is a different person than Paul Ryan, even though he owns all the Paul Ryan stink. I don't know what to make. What I can say is that thus far, he hasn't put enough of a conservative 
vision forward to distinguish himself from those most recent predecessors. The uh, the House Freedom Caucus and people like Mark Meadows and others have put together some very conservative ideas that would be disruptive. Stop the status quo. Give the American public exactly what it was that they wanted. <clears throat> and uh, we'll have to see if he embraces those. He's, the window for him to embrace and make a change is shrinking very quickly. Uh, but it's funny, and Lou, and again, I, I try not to have opinions. I try to do reporting. Sure, there is a small, there's a large number of conservatives that think he deserves a chance. Uh, there's a lot of others like you that say, ah, I don't know, man, I've seen enough of the guy. I know what he is. Uh, this is going to play out very quickly. And the question is, if not him, who's next? And I think if I, my reporting tells me that Steve Scalise is not going to be uh, the default uh, guy they're going to go to. That's what the establishment wants. I think you might see them turn to an outsider and pick someone outside the current caucus who uh, can talk to establishment uh, conservatives, but thinks more like the Freedom Caucus. And I think, you know, someone uh, I'm trying to think of someone that might fit that bill. I've heard his name come up a lot. Lee, I think, comes up a lot. And you start to say, well, you know, maybe he's a guy that no one's thinking of and he sweeps him. There could be a very sudden shift in this debate. I'm not, I don't think there's a coordination ahead for Steve Scalise. I don't think that's the case. I think they might look outside to a non-member to do this. And we'll see if it's Lee Zeldin or someone else. But um, I do think this is a healthy fight. Uh, I think people say, oh, this is bad. This is good. I think, the Amer I think the Republican Party will come out of this knowing where it stands and how many people really share the values that they were expressing during the election. I think that's what this fight will flesh out for us. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, they're... You know, it, it's it's really interesting to me that the Republicans right now, the Republican establishment are pushing now two names. They started with Lee Zeldin. Right. He got knocked down. Right. So now up comes Scalise. Right. So far, the, the conference has nothing to do with this. This is coming from outside forces. That's right. That's right. And, and so Zeldin is submerged. Up comes Scalise. Uh, and he gets no better. There's no more appetite for him than there was for Zeldin. So yep. now they put a Zeldin back yep. as if the only one who can do the thinking for the Republican conference is the establishment class, uh, uh, strategists, donors, uh, and pollsters. Uh, this is ma This is mindless. Yeah. If we persist in this and we, I'm referring to what may be a temporary status, uh, <laughs> we can persist in this. The Republican Party is as good as dead, and America is in even deeper trouble than it already is, which means we will be in full-blown emergency. Yeah, and listen, that idea that the Republicans are could be moving towards extinction if they don't get this right, pollsters really see that. There are pollsters measuring this, and the American people are like, this is the last shot we're given. We've given these guys three or four shots, and we they taste great, but they're less filling every time. We don't get what we were told we were going to get. Yeah. They have to show measurable, significant course correction change in Washington, the ability to govern and to control the narrative that they've let the Democrats own. And if not, I think you're right. I think the Republican Party divides and there could be a third party for a period of time and a new realignment in American politics that we haven't seen in a century or more. That is how consequential these next few months are. I'm not sure a lot of the players who are at the uh, the throttle uh, holding the flight stick right now may uh, maybe appreciate that the stakes are that big. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that there is no better evidence of the trouble that the Republican Party is in, the deep crisis that, he, that the Repo Party is in, 
than the fact that there is no obvious leader for the Conference of Republicans in the United States Congress. <laughs> says something, doesn't they, it? It says, I think, everything yeah. about the travails uh, that await us as a result of the Republican Party's inability uh, to come to terms with a reality and have uh, members who are able to rise to the challenge and to lead the lead the nation. Uh, if, if the best we can do is, you know, Rana and Kevin and Steve and Lee, my Lord, what are we? What are we? And that's the first question somebody's going to have to answer. Uh, as always, I turn it over to you, my friend, for your concluding thoughts. For We always give our guests the last word here, as you know. Uh, if you would, John. Yeah, you know, there's a story I broke yesterday that I think is sticking with me for a reason that um, may not be readily obvious. I mean, yesterday, we were able to get these text messages showing that Nancy Pelosi looked us all on the camera on February of 2021 and said, I could not have influenced the security policy at the Capitol because I had no power over it. And the news media, the Associated Press, the Washington Post, everybody rallied around it and they suffocated for more than 18 months, any debate that Democrats could have maybe prevented this attack. But five Republicans, by the way, with none of the cameras of the January 6th committee, none of the budget, none of the staff, uh, in the minority, but just on their own, by the way, blessed by Kevin McCarthy to do this, went out on their own. And somehow they got the internal communications of Nancy Pelosi with the staff and with the security. And they were able to prove that she was wrong and that this was, in fact, a preventable attack. That starting in mid-December, they had the intel. And Nancy Pelosi, because of optics and her team, were so deeply involved, they were editing the plan. He was actually editing the plan, contrary to what she told us. And they were able to completely debunk her in a way that will be, I think, legacy affirming. There's even mainstream media coverage, political. A lot of big sites are covered, now paying attention to this. If five guys with no budgets could use their principles and their tenacity to go get a secret that the Democrats had spent all of their efforts trying to bury, I find some hope that maybe there's enough courage in this carcass, in this movement to go do that. But it takes that sort of guerrilla warfare, the same guerrilla warfare, the Revolutionary War uh, uh, troops used in the early days to beat the greater empire. Are there enough warriors to go into the trenches and just go do it? No more excuses. Just go do it. It's a it's a small little story, but the the ingenuity and the determination to go get that stuff and dig it out from, and pry it from the cold dead hands of Democrats says that there is some fight there. Now can they take that fight and do something much bigger, like fix the darn government that they've created? They're off to a bad start, but maybe those five have started a fire that might catch catch on elsewhere in this in this party. Well, nothing nothing would be nicer than to see the Republicans uh, enjoy uh, actually the, getting something done to defend the party, to defend the leader of that party, Donald Trump. But the story has been for now, we're in the seventh year of the political yeah. persecution of Donald Trump and a party that could not find a way to defend him, uh, to uh, to bring truth to the American people, uh, but in drips and drabs, suffocated by the 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 corporate global media that owns our mm -hmm. so-called mainstream media. There's nothing mainstream about it. It is left-wing as it can be uh, and organized around the principle that the Republic will not survive if they have anything to say about it. And right now they have much. Uh, John, as always, I appreciate you being with us. I thank you so much and uh, uh, God bless you.
It's an honor to be with you. Every time we talk, Ilu, and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And thank you for all you do. You use your bullhorn every day to make our country better. And I think everybody who listens to you, watches you, and knows you knows that's true. So I just want to say a personal thanks for doing that. That's very kind of you, my friend. Thank you so much. Same back at you. God bless. God bless you. John Solomon, great journalist, great American, justthenews.com. And thanks, everybody, for being with us. Please follow us on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. That's at Lou Dobbs. Here tomorrow, Congressman Matt Rosendale of Montana, Freedom Caucus member, standing up against Kevin McCarthy, supporting Congressman Andy Biggs for Speaker. Please be sure to join us here tomorrow for all of that and more. Until then, God bless you and may God bless America. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.